Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Rossman-Reich of Locked On Magic and OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You are tuned in to the Locked On Magic podcast. Just coming to you before we start the show. Of course, this is our NBA Draft Recap. We'll be joined in just a moment by Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post live from the Amway Center, at least live when we recorded it. Everything's live when you recorded it. That, that seems like a redundant statement, but there, it was made, whatever. I just want to remind everyone that this podcast, this specific podcast, is sponsored by SeatGeek, our good pals. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long, long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But I tell you, SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert, and there's so much going on in Orlando. I'm told next Wednesday when I'll be at Summer League, Orlando City is playing a game against Toronto FC. I'm trying to sell my tickets. I'll post them on SeatGeek. You might be sitting in my seats. And I think I heard Metallica's playing next week too, or in a couple weeks at Camping World Stadium. So lots to get to in Orlando, and SeatGeek is your ticket to the event. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work, and you save time, and and this is the most important part, and money. Like that. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. Sort of like a draft. It's all graded. Green circles are good. Orange circles are okay. And red circles are very bad. That's why they're small. So you don't have to look at them. You'll be immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code LOMAGIC, that's L-O-M-A-G-I-C, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Be sure to download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMAGIC today. Let's start today's show recapping the NBA Draft. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 23rd, 2017. We are recording this from the media room at the Amway Center. I'm joined today by Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post. And uh, Zach, what did we just watch? What what, what just happened here? Um, I don't know half the people that were just picked in the last uh, 20 picks. So um, otherwise, it was an interesting night. Things got off to a crazy start and then kind of slowed down. Little surprise, Paul George wasn't traded, but we'll uh, we'll see where that goes now. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think this this draft had a lot of hype for for big moves possibly happening. We did see one big move with Jimmy Butler, but we're gonna keep our focus here on the Orlando Magic. The Magic entered this draft with four first round picks. 
they leave with just two picks total, with two rookies total. We'll talk about what happened there. Um, they draft Jonathan Isaac with the sixth pick. They draft Wesley Uwundu with the 33rd pick. Um, you know, we'll summarize the picks later, but obviously a lot of the attention has to go to the sixth pick in the draft. It's a dra it's, especially in this draft with so many big names at the very, very top. What do you think of this Jonathan Isaac pick? Is this a good pick for the Orlando Magic? I'm not the highest on the Jonathan Isaac pick. I thought that in the position that the Magic were in there, they should have gone with Dennis Smith Jr. I thought that he fit a little bit better, especially considering their needs. Even somebody like a Malik Monk would have fit a little bit better. Um, I think that their clear issues there were are still shooting and point guard play, and I don't think that they really answered either one of those tonight, which they had the opportunity to. You know, I think that Isaac can develop into a pretty decent player at some point, but I think it's going to take a bit of time still, and as we were talking about right before we started this, it really depends on the timeline this new Magic regime is willing to take to really move forward, because I feel like there's going to be pressure right off the bat to make the playoffs and I don't think that Jonathan Isaac helps you make the playoffs right away yeah I think that's that's probably um an accurate statement uh, you know I'm kind of in the same boat I think I've been pretty clear both online as well as is on this podcast um that I thought Dennis Smith was was the pick um was was a guy who could come in make an impact immediately fill the positional need that the Magic had uh, and and would continue to kind of modernize the team and it's not that Jonathan Isaac's necessarily a bad pick. If, if I weren't taking Dennis Smith, I would probably end up taking Jonathan Isaac. But I think for a team that desperately needs a star, I'm not as certain that Jonathan Isaac becomes a star uh, as, as I was that maybe Dennis Smith would. I mean, I kind of made the comment after Dennis Smith went to Dallas and after Malik Monk went to Charlotte that you know Magic fans should probably not judge this pick based on their rookie years because uh, looking at the situations that Monk and Smith walk into, they're going to look really good next year. And I think Isaac is going to have moments where he struggles because he is still a very, very raw player, but obviously has the physical tools to continue getting better and continue to, to get to um, the level that we want. Before we kind of dive into Isaac more individually, I do think that the point that Zach brought up that we were talking about before we started recording here um, – that the timeline matter that the time the timeline you view this end matters I think and I think that is important in kind of setting the narrative and you know maybe this is our fault as media people for for setting a, a narrative that that isn't the narrative that the the magic themselves had because um, ultimately it's their decisions um, feeling that the team wanted to make the playoffs sooner rather than later and, and you know I think when you talk to fans generally they all say five years is long enough this team needs to start making moves to make the playoffs. Um, to me, that is not the move the Magic made tonight. Tonight, the Magic made a move to pick up a very talented player in Jonathan Isaac who's going to need two or three years to really begin even tapping his potential, begin reaching close to his potential. And it's not that Isaac can't contribute immediately. There are ways he can contribute immediately, but it's going to take some time. And, you know, the Magic are probably going to have to go back to the lottery and, and fish again and see, see what they can get. And, um... That certainly changes things a little bit for how you prepare for the rest of the offseason. Uh, Zach, what, what do you think about what this says about the Magic's timeline for returning to contention? I, I think that it 
I, I kind of agree with you. It does set it back a little bit because Isaac's not ready to really produce and I think really help a team contend. But also, I feel like selecting Isaac leads to a lot more unanswered questions than they had in the first place. You know, what does this mean for Aaron Gordon? Can Aaron Gordon and Isaac play together? Do they have enough shooting to really be able to take advantage have, of their skills? Right, that and and hang with other NBA teams because so many teams are going the way of taking advantage of the three-point ball, and the Magic just aren't. I mean, their two best three-point shooters are probably going to be Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross, assuming both of them return. Maybe they bring back Jody Meeks, but it, but what does that do? There's only so much that you can do, and then you're going to have to fit Isaac in somewhere. There's a mm-hmm. lot of a lot more unanswered questions than we had about five hours ago. Yeah, and, and I think that what's what's really important to remember here as well, you know, it, this is just one piece. The, the the draft is, you know, I think I think there is always a lot of pressure to do make big moves at the draft and make big decisions at the draft, but this is just the first step in the offseason. There's still a lot that's that can and will happen before even probably even before July 1st, but around free agency and even heading in heading in before training camp. I mean, remember the Dwight Howard trade didn't happen until early August, mid August. Um, so there's a long time to make moves, and I still suspect that the Magic will be looking to make moves. They just couldn't make them around the draft, despite some opportunities to do so. Again, we'll talk about those trades in just a moment. But um, kind of bringing it back down to the to the micro level, Magic took Jonathan Isaac. You can't change that. That's 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 the reality. Um, he is the Magic's pick. He's the Magic's new, uh, new shiny new toy. What did they get in Jonathan Isaac? I think they got somebody who's going to be able to turn into a very good defender at the NBA level. He has great size. I think he can defend probably three or four positions. Once he adds a little bit more weight, he may might even be able to guard all five in spurts. Um, you know, he's he's got good good footwork. And he even told us when he called in to speak with the media after his selection that, you know, he's hoping to be able to be shown off a little bit more as a ball handler, which, I mean, he kind of like Anthony Davis, not saying that he's going to be Anthony Davis because that's, that's a little crazy, but kind of like Anthony Davis, he was a little bit shorter before he hit that growth spurt. I think he grew seven or eight inches. Something like that. He's, he's listed at 6'10 right now. So, I mean, I think he was, what, 6'3? Six, six, yeah. Some somewhere in the six two six three range, and he had that big growth spurt. So I I think that there's potential there. Um, I want to see if he can shoot the ball consistently enough, which I'm honestly not sure if he can. Yes, he was a thirty five percent shooter at at Florida State, but that was also with a team that had a little bit more space to operate and guys that were a little bit more of a threat. You know, Dwayne Bacon could shoot, so how he transitions that and continues to improve that is going to be really important for his, not only his development, but the growth of this magic team as a whole. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, when, when Jeff Weltman and, and I'll play some of the audio from, from the Jeff Weltman uh, press conference, probably in a separate podcast, that I'll post this weekend to, to kind of continue recapping the draft. But, you know, Jeff Weltman said afterwards that, you know, Isaac ticks off a lot of the boxes as far as, you know, being a winner, being a competitor, uh, you know, kind of those intangible things that managers like that that executives like to see, uh, and so there there definitely does seem like there's the potential for him to continue to grow uh, and continue to uh, 
kind of take advantage of his physical gifts. And it's very clear to see that he's, that he has physical gifts. Uh, you know, I know you were a little bit lower on him. I was a little bit lower on him than a lot of other people. And the reason was because of that, that, that piece where he was never really on the ball and, and Dwayne Bacon had a really high usage rate. It was, I think it was somewhere near 27%, which is really, really high. There were moments that Isaac just did not, you know, did, he was just invisible offensively, especially um, where he was just kind of hanging around the perimeter, not doing anything. And part of that is the Florida state offense, but some of that's on Isaac too, that you got to, you know, and, and it's tough to ask a freshman to force his way into an offense that's run by a couple of upperclassmen. But you do want to see him kind of take the reins at certain times. And, and he even said, you know, I need to continue working to, 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 get, to get my handle tight. And I would say is actually his dribble is pretty tight for a guy who's 6'10". I mean, he looks like he's a real natural dribbler. And it's just about gaining strength, getting, getting you know, his way into the paint and, and continuing to grow his skills. I mean, I see why everyone really, really likes him. It's just about getting that consistency, becoming a better three-point shooter to help spread the floor. And if he can do that, then you know maybe this can work. Yeah, and I think that it comes down to the Magic still need that star. Can Isaac be that star? I'm not sure right now. I need to see a little bit from him. And, you know, that's not going to come in year one. It might not even come in year two. I mean, it took Giannis Attentacumpo three years to really show that he could be that star, and now he's one of the best players in the league. So it's very possible that Jonathan Isaac could kind of follow that same trajectory, but it's going to take time, and we'll, you know, we'll look back on this in two or three years and say, okay, the Magic made the right decision, or the Magic made the, magic, the, the magic made The Magic made a big cut and struck out. Yeah. Uh, and certainly, I mean, I think the one thing that we can say about both uh, Jonathan Isaac and their second-round pick uh, with the 33rd pick, Wesley Uwundu, um, is they certainly fit an archetype that, that seems like something that, that John Hammond brought with him from, from Milwaukee that, that Jeff Weltman has talked a lot about, bringing in versatility, bringing in length. Um, both those players have that skill. They're both really, really potentially really strong defenders. Um, before we get into what happened with the, with the trades— what, Wait, there were trades. Yeah, well, we'll talk about them. They're 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 interesting to say the least, and and, and um, certainly we can debate the the merits of the of the decision to make those trades. But uh, what were your impressions uh, with the Wesley Wundu pick at thirty three? I think it's interesting. You know, it, it adds another guy who has really good size and has the potential to be a really good defender. I think at the NBA level, um, he handled the ball a little bit more last season at Kansas State. Was kind of their de facto point guard, so. He has some experience running an offense, which I think will help. You know, second round picks are, are super boomer bust. You know, especially with four year four year guys. You know, some guys like Devin Marble came in and never really improved. You know, may, maybe Wundu's different and can kind of take that step forward and really, you know, grow into a rotational type player, which the Magic need on the wing because, I mean, outside of Fournier and Terrence Ross, they don't. They don't have much unless Mario Hazonia takes a big stride forward this offseason. Yeah, and, and unlike, I mean, and I think the Devin Marble is an interesting example for, for upperclassmen entering the draft, but I think kind of unlike Devin Marble, like Iwundu is, is, is really solidly built already. He's got, he's got great length. I mean, I think he, he really— He has a seven-foot-one wingspan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Marble, Marble was, kind of, was kind of, you know, not to take away from Devin Marble too much, but he was kind of, kind of rail-thin. Yeah. Almost like he he looked like more of a shooting guard, 
um, you know, kind of like an old, older shoot, you know, older school shooting guard. Um, Wesley Wundu is 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 a big dude. Um, he is um, a guy that can can get after players and get into players. And the one thing that I do like about even even about Jonathan Isaac um, is it's really tough to teach players to love to play defense. And, and with Jonathan Isaac not getting the ball a lot at at Florida State. He had to make his mark on the defensive end, and Waltman even pointed this out that you know, kid getting freshman getting seven, eight rebounds per game in the, co- the college level in the ACC is really, really impressive. And I think both he and Arundu both have that kind of inner spark to be strong defenders, and so I think that bodes well for their chances uh, to 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 make to, to at least carve out a role. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm, s- I'm kind of someone that believes. With a draft pick, you succeed with that draft pick if they stick in the NBA, if, if they're not a bust, essentially. And so I think that they both have the chance to do that. Awundu's got to improve his shooting. I think he went from like 20% as a junior to like 37%, something like that, 36%, 35%. something. He improved pretty dramatically as a shooter last year, but definitely could still use some improvement. It's not clear need, if that will You need fix. to see the consistency with the shooting. Yes. I think that's the same thing that we need to see from Isaac mm-hmm. and – even you know a further point on the roster, you need to see with Aaron Gordon because that's really I think Aaron Gordon's the the linchpin here that's going to either make Jonathan Isaac successful on this team or kind of make him a bust a little bit because they're going to basically play the same position. They're going to be interchangeable. I mean, I think that's the idea, honestly, to to, to be able to, it's, to it's switch those like, guys as much as possible. It's almost like when the Magic had Tobias Harris and Aaron Gordon, and we mm-hmm. were all talking about the interchangeability that they have. You know, one playing offense, the three on the offense, and guarding fours defensively, and, and vice versa. You know, maybe we could see that with with the Gordon and Isaac uh, combination. Would have been nice if we could have asked Jeff Weltman that uh, tonight, but. Yeah, but we'll, we'll have that. that we'll have that tomorrow at the at the at the big introductory press conference. Um, so, looking at just the players the Magic took, Zach, what grade would you give the Magic for their draft tonight? Just to, just looking at the players, let's let's put let's push the trades. Let's cover our ears about the trades because we'll talk. We'll try and sort through those a little bit here. I think I'd give them a B. Okay. Um, I, I I do think that there were better options to Isaac still. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of factored that in a little bit, and I, I factor in, you know, the fact that this does lead to having a lot more questions that they have to answer now. So, you know, I, I don't think that they had a bad night necessarily, especially with their two picks. I think both can turn into, you know, at least rotational players, but they needed to hit a home run with that first pick, and right now I'm not sure that they did. Right now, it's looking like uh, it's looking like the ball's hanging in the air. The, the the left fielder is is trying to get under, trying to judge how far it's going to go, and see where it lands. Uh, you know, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I think I would call this a a B, maybe a a B minus draft just on the players. I really like the Awundu pick at at thirty three. I think that is a very very good value pick for the Magic. Um, he he was probably not a player that you would spend a first round pick on. But definitely someone to to spend an early second round pick on. I mean, he's he's got that length and athleticism uh, that you would want, and and I think that he's either going to prove him, prove himself that he's ready to be in the NBA or he's not, and that's not something you want to spend three years trying to figure you're trying to figure out. He's it's either he's going to be able to do it now or not. And so I really like that pick. I think that is a B plus A minus pick at 
at um, 33. At 33, and maybe he doesn't feel a need the Magic have. But Weltman said, you know, we're not in a position to really, you know, draft for for fit. We need to draft for talent at this point. Um, the Isaac pick, like we've said, a lot of questions, a lot of potential unclear where that potential stands and I think with the timeline that we all expected the magic to be on it doesn't fit that it doesn't fit that timeline and so it's it's certainly a huge question mark the magic of course entered this draft with four picks we've only talked about two we kind of expected the magic to to, to be active on the trade market and try and trade their picks I think some of us expected them to try and trade up um, to try and get you know a player kind of in the back end of that lottery, that ended up not happening. Instead, the Magic traded out twice, <laughs> and the second time it got very complicated. It got very complicated. I don't think we need to go into the direct. But okay, our, our good friend Keith Keith Smith from Real GM and Celtics Blog, he kind of debriefed us on the trade protections that the Magic are getting. Um, they're receiving a first-round pick from the Philadelphia 76ers via the Oklahoma City Thunder that, in, an, in, in a nutshell... It's very heavily protected. <laughs> it's very heavily protected, but the best-case scenario is the Magic get it in 2020 as the 21st pick overall. The worst-case scenario is they don't get it until 2022 when it conveys into a second-round pick in 2022 and a second-round pick in 2023. That that's That's the best way to to describe this. Um, I'm not surprised that they made at least one trade. I, I figured that they would try to, I thought they might try to package a few yeah, of the picks. Yeah. That's what you I know, thought they'd try and do too. Uh, yeah. You know, 25 and, and 33 or 35. I thought, you know, might've been able to move them up to that back, back half of the lottery, maybe like the 15 to 18 range even. Um, Especially with some of the players that were slipping mm-hmm. uh, or, or felt like they were slipping. I mean, I think that we never really saw that big run on centers that I think we were expecting. Not that the Magic were going to take any centers. You know, I think especially after the Magic took Isaac with the first pick, I, I think everyone was expecting them to maybe try and target a backup point guard like a Juwan Evans or uh, a Frank Jackson or Derek White, who, who I really liked. Um, I, I, again, Derek White's another senior who could probably step in and, and contribute a little bit quicker. Uh, I think a lot of us expected them to try and target some of those wing players because there weren't a lot of quality wings in this draft, uh, and they ended up not doing that. They, they. I think I'm curious what you thought about this comment. Um, Jeff Weltman said during his his press during his media availability today uh, after the draft that they kind of just felt like the talent level flattened out a bit after the lottery essentially, mm-hmm. and they're. You know, there were players they liked, but if they couldn't get those players, it was better to preserve the asset than than just use it on someone you don't like. Which which I understand. I think I think that 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 makes sense. I just don't agree that there were players that, you know, you know, with, with the information that we have at least, there were players that I would have spent those picks on. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. But I can also see where Weltman can see that it's kind of flattening out because it's after you pick Isaac you're you're not going to go with another big. No, no, you can't go with another you know another four. And certainly with the Magic's roster as it is constructed, it's hard okay. to draft another Five. center. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that's really where the run was. You know, maybe it wasn't a huge run, but from that you know fifteen to about twenty four range, it was mostly you know power forwards and centers that went. Mm-hmm. And and even after that, I mean, yes, there are a few guards that you could you could consider. 
but I don't think that there was really a ton of guys that would come in and, and really make a difference you know, with the Magic's needs. Yes, you have to draft the talent like we've talked about, but I think a little bit later in the draft you can also look at your needs a little bit more and kind of fit players in there. And I don't think that there was a guy that necessarily made sense where at 25 – that you're willing to spend a three-year contract on. Don't forget. Don't forget with first-round picks, you are committed to that player for at least three years. Well, two years. I mean, you could, two years. Uh, yeah. Two years. You could two years decline, with the team option. Yeah. Decline the team options, but you know, I think that they made the right decision because there was no way that they could bring four rookies. No, no, no. There's no way they had to at least they had to at least use a stash on on one of them. Um, and you know, it it. it I kind of agree with the run on on fours that was going on. I'm not a big Tyler Lydon fan. I was I think TJ Leaf was off the board by 25, but he, yeah, I believe he went 19 to the uh, Indiana Pacers. Yes, he went 18 to the Pacers. Um, looking at who was available at 25, uh, you know, I, I I jokingly wrote on my live tracker, you know, I have no opinion of Kyle Kuzma, um, Tony Bradley, you know, you know, really Derek White would have been the guy that I targeted, but. As, as I've pointed out to some people, when you still have DJ Augustin on the contract that he's on, it's tough to to kind of leave him on the bench for three more years. Uh, and so it might have been, it might not have been in their best interest to draft a young point guard. Although White can play the two a little bit, I think, as well. So you know, there definitely were some opportunities that maybe the Magic passed up. Um, but you can certainly, I guess, kind of see some of the rationale that that. You know, with the players that were being selected around these picks, there really wasn't a value that the Magic could have looked at or could have pursued um, that you know would have worked. Now, could they maybe have gotten a better deal? Who knows? Who knows what was on the table? I mean, this this might have just been what was on the table because maybe everyone else had the same opinion that this draft really started to flatten out and there weren't as many values as as people thought. Yeah, and you know, I think that's why we didn't see Paul George traded tonight. Yeah, possibly. Um, pick 35, the Magic traded uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies for the Brooklyn's 2019 second-round pick. pick. Um, so that could, again, be a pretty solid second-round pick, but, again, kicking the can down the road a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that it's better to get those future assets than to go and take a player that you're not 100% set on. Yeah, or I mean, certainly use a especially a high second round pick like this. You don't want a Justin Harper situation. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, and let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. Um, he'll probably be playing at summer league though, because because he always he always shows up on at summer league usually on the Pistons with Stan Van Gundy. Yep. Um, so wrapping wrapping things up here, I want to thank Zach for his time. I know it's late. We're recording this at like twelve. 45 in the morning after the draft ended we're all like worn out the draft is a an exhausting thing to cover even when you're in orlando covering it um for magic fans who might be feeling a little panicked today are disappointed with how this draft came out a should they be feeling that way and and what are your i guess final takeaways for the magic from this draft and what they have to do for the rest of the summer I don't think that they should be panicking. I, you know, like I've said, I think that Isaac's going to end up being a good player. It's just going to take some time, and really, the Magic don't have the time right now. Honestly, I mean, 
unless you are okay with enduring another two to three years of, of continual losing. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I think the summer is going to be an interesting one. They have a, quite a few questions. You know, they have to decide if if Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross is are the two wings that they want moving forward. Uh, they have to decide if they're going to keep Mario Hazonia. Uh, you know, they're going to have to do something with one of Bismack Biombo or Nikola Vucevic, and it's it's likely Vucevic that gets moved if they're able to move either one of them because no one's going to take Biombo's bloated contract at this point. Yeah. So. I think it, it could be a very busy couple of weeks. It could also be a very quiet two weeks. You know, may, maybe they wait and, and kind of try to do their their damage later in the in the summer when there's some more you know potentially better value guys there. Yeah, yeah, and, and and certainly once free agency kind of quiets down and teams are looking at their needs and they're like, oh, we need this. You know, that's when that's when the magic can certainly can certainly swoop in. I mean, I think my my general takeaway. Is that you know the Magic are not approaching this season like they did last season at all. This is not a playoffs or bust season. This is not even a sort of you know pretend you know not, not that the playoffs aren't the goal. I think the Magic probably believe they they can and should be trying to make the playoffs. They're not tanking by any means, but I think there is certainly a realization that the Magic are the Magic don't believe they're as close as maybe we all thought they we believe they were. Um, I think that entering the offseason or, or, or certainly after uh, the way they talked about last season, they they were all saying, you know, we're not that far away. We think we can rebound fairly quickly and make the moves to, to get us back to uh, at least where they were two years ago when they won 35 games. And I think that would have been a huge step forward. I think what we saw in this draft is the beginning of a shift in philosophy and Probably the realization with the fact that the Magic couldn't make any moves, couldn't begin shuffling the decks a little bit on draft night when teams are thinking about changing their rosters, that it might take a little bit longer than we think to, to kind of reset things and be able to get to a point where the team can really move forward and get to the draft or get, get, to, the, get to the playoffs. It's going to take investing in Jonathan Isaac and seeing how he grows to, to get where the Magic want to go. And that's going to take two or three years. And it's not to say that the Magic won't make the playoffs in, in 2018. Uh, I, I, would, I would say to people who are like, oh, the Magic are going are guaranteed to go back to the lottery. Honestly, even if the Magic got Markel Fultz, I think there would be a very good chance they're going back to the lottery with, with the roster they have. They, they, I, don't, I don't think that there was anybody that they could have picked that would have really kept them from going back to the lottery. I don't, I don't think that they're that close, honestly, because last season, by all means, they took a, a pretty big step back. Yes, yes. I think a second year under Frank Vogel and having that that same voice is going to be big, but they still need to make some changes to this roster. They're still, I mean, they virtually did not change the roster tonight. So they still need to look at trades and look at ways to improve the roster. And you know, they they might have to take a step back in talent. They might they might make a trade with Nikola Vucevic. That you look at it from a roster personnel standpoint and say that is not a good deal. The Magic did not get the best, did not did not get the better end of that trade. But in reality, what it might be doing is it might be freeing up playing time for someone that they're looking to free up playing time for, or it might be to clear cap space or to kind of put them back in a position to begin making moves again in the future that will better fit the roster they have. Yeah, and it's going to be a busy offseason. Yeah, it's just getting started. 
you know, we got summer league. Okay, you have summer league in a week. <laughs> you have two summer leagues coming up. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 deal with summer league when we cross that path. But uh, you know, an interesting night for sure for the Orlando Magic. They they were active, but maybe disappointed some people who are expecting some big things who you know put a lot of hope into this draft. I know I said this is a draft to to build rebuild hope. Maybe it did for you. Maybe it didn't for you. Um, but it is. You know, I think the, the key takeaway is is this is just a first step in the process. This is not the end all be all. Um, there 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 is there is a little bit of faith that has to be given now, and the Magic have to see how their projects develop because Jonathan Isaac is a project, and it's it's gonna take some time. And even to some extent, Aaron Gordon's still a project because he needs to get a, a full healthy NBA summer under him. Yeah. yeah, and a training camp. He hasn't had a healthy training camp since his rookie year. And even then, he was coming off of, of being hurt in the summer. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that was the year that he broke his face. That was his, that was after his, that was the second. That year. was the second year. Yes, he's Aaron Gordon has not made it through a full training camp since his rookie year, which is kind of hard to believe. But uh, we'll we'll leave those questions for later. Uh, right now, the Orlando Magic drafted Jonathan Isaac and Wesley Wundu, and that is their draft. Those are the two new players that will be meeting Friday at the Amway Center. Zach. I want to thank you for for coming on coming on the show and, and recapping the draft with us here on Locked On Magic. Uh, tell the world where they can find you online. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Zach Oliver NBA. Um, my my work at Orlando Pinstripe Post. Um, kind of been on a little bit of a hiatus because of uh, the day job, but hopefully going to get back in the saddle here uh, and, and get some good stuff out. You know, I'm excited with with what we've got. So yeah. excellent. They've- we'll see, and you know. And we're always happy to partner with the Orlando Pinstripe Post. They're, they're, they're our second favorite Magic blog. <laughs> yeah, behind the Orlando Sentinel. Behind the Orlando Sentinel, of course. Orlando Magic Daily is like third or fourth on the list of Magic blogs. Um, our, our good friend Josh Robbins hustles all of us. So. Yes, he does out-hustle all of us. Although John Denton was breaking news tonight. Big, big time for JD. Yeah, which, is, which, is, which he should be anyway because he's the freaking team. Like. <laughs> Like, we love you, John. Um, but uh, that'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at Daily. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out Orlando Pinstripe Post after you check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I want to thank Zach for joining me on the show. Um, I won't let him get a word edgewise after that. He's sitting here, like, giving me the evil eye. Um, but that'll do it for our NBA Draft Recap. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, I will probably see you again on the sh- for a show on Saturday. I'll do a quick recap of the press conference uh, as the Magic introduced Jonathan Isaac, as well as Wesley Uwundu on Friday. So until then, thanks for listening, and I'll see you again on another Jimmy episode. Butler's back with <laughs> I'll see you again on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.